Welcome to the Beyond Belief podcast. We're glad you decided to listen to us today. We have designed this podcast to have a practical conversation about Christianity. Our goal is to make this show relatable, realistic, and relative. We will bring you the gospel of Jesus Christ so you can apply it practically to your life. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the Beyond Belief podcast. This is your host, Bill, and I'm joined with Alan. Buddy, how are you? Going great. Jeez, heck, I, we can't even get this thing going right. Mike, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm just going to speed out there with the intro. <laughs> nothing, nothing long and drawn out. Just, uh, hey, Mike, how are you? Mike's back. Uh, all right, cool, man. Uh, we had a lot of technical issues, but I think they're ironed out. Uh, iron sharpeneth iron. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Mike, we got you back because after we uh, did an episode with you, uh, We've had some extra conversations and there's some other stuff that you wanted to talk about. And it sparked some interest in a conversation we wanted to talk about. So uh, it's yours. It's the floor is yours if you want to open it up and then we'll probably just start all over the place. But all right. Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, once again, I appreciate y'all having me on. I've, I've enjoyed uh, getting to know you too yeah. and uh, in the friendship. And, um, and yeah, like you said, it's a, uh, it's, it's almost like a, a PS at the end of a story. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, my life is, if you listen to the last podcast that, that I was on, um, my life has been all but boring and it's been all over the place and it's been, uh, one adventure after another, um, I don't know that I would, you know, I think we all have regrets. I think we all have things we would go back and change. Um, and certainly I, I do. Um, but one thing I wanted to discuss, and I think, um, the, the main reason I wanted to discuss this was so that if there's anybody out there that's listening or that there's anybody that you could possibly, uh, share this podcast with that could could help them in some sort of way. Um, it would be great. I think I think that uh, everything happens for a reason. For uh, sure, nothing catches God by surprise. Certainly, things that we do in, in our past uh, disappoint God and, and breaks His heart, um, but certainly doesn't cause Him to panic or think, "Man, what happened?" Right. Right. <laughs> um, having said that. I do want to share a very specific point um, in my not so distant past. Um, I would say, I guess going on 10 or 11 years ago, when I first um, stepped out of the ministry, I think I told you guys that uh, I eventually got divorced. And um, through that, as any divorce is, I don't think anybody has uh, pleasant thoughts or maybe not, um, peaceful thoughts when it comes right. to a divorce and, and I'm no different. Um, and certainly I'm not here to, uh, say anything bad about my ex-wife. That's not what this is about at all. Um, but we had our troubles. We had our, um, difficulties navigating the waters of divorce, uh, through, um, co-parenting children. Yeah. Um, I think if she were here, she would she would say that, you know, she made mistakes through that. And I certainly did. I am 100 uh, percent willing to admit that I I made a lot of mistakes in um, how I dealt with things and how I uh, parented, how I um, attempted to navigate the waters once again as a as a ex-husband um, certainly not proud of those things. Um, we've since made amends and we are on the other side of that. Um, it, thank the Lord for that. You know, I think God works, uh, God definitely worked through the both of us, uh, through some trials and really showed the both of us. And I think I can, I can say this for her. God worked in both of our lives in a way that, um, in the end was glorifying to him and, made, uh, uh, let's see, concessions towards one another and, and really sought out what was best for our, our girls. But going through that process, um, you know, we all have a choice on what we're going to lean on and what we're going to, uh, use to help us cope with, with times like that and with things like that. And growing up, I grew up in a household where um, 
neither one of my parents abused alcohol. They did drink on an occasion, um, you know, but it was never an issue of having alcoholism in, in in my family, as far as I know, anybody in my family going back as far as, as, as far as time can go. I don't, I don't know if that ever happening. Um, and so even in the ministry, when I served in the ministry, I never really had an, uh, a, a purist sort of, uh, viewpoint on alcohol. In other words, I personally didn't feel like drinking alcohol was an issue so long as you kept it within certain parameters. I did, I did not want to be a, a stumbling block for another person to say, Hey, you know, it's okay for me to be drunk. And I, of course that was never, right. uh, never the intention at all. Um, and you know, looking at, at what I interpret in the Bible, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was a sin to have alcohol. Having said that, um, you know, we, we drank on an occasion and it was, and it was never an issue of, like I said, you know, going out and with the purpose of, of altering your behavior. Right. Um, I think that's where you get in trouble when you're, when you're not controlled by the Holy spirit, you're controlled by another spirit. Um, interesting that, that alcohol is called right, spirits. Right, exactly. Um, and so having said that, um, you know, it was not, it, it was not foreign for us to have a, a glass of wine or something to drink. Um, but it can become a problem when you lean on it uh, or when you use it as a coping mechanism. And through uh, my divorce, I found myself on a, on a slippery slope of, of using that. Um, and so you fast forward a little bit and I'm, uh, married to my wife now currently. And, um, we were still having issues. It, it, it was kind of, it's kind of complicated in the sense that, you know, you got stresses of life. Everybody goes through stresses of life. And, um, there were some stresses on, on me, on my, on my current marriage at the time. Uh, and then with the divorce of my, uh, ex-wife and then custody of our children, um, most of which was brought on by myself. Um, some of it was, some of it wasn't, but, um, so I'm not here to lay blame on anybody else except for point the finger at myself ultimately because I am responsible for my own actions. Um, but I found myself, um, without ever looking back or even looking within myself, I found myself relying on alcohol and I didn't, at the time I didn't see that it was a problem. I thought, you know, it's just a beer. It's just a couple of beers. You know, I'm here at the house, that sort of thing. And, you know, we've all watched TV. Most of us have watched TV growing up, you know, where the husband leaves work and he goes down to the bar and hangs out with his buddies there for a couple hours and then comes home and having spent all the money. Yeah. Um, that was not my situation. I didn't go out and, and hang out with people, uh, to drink. I would drink with others at times, but that was not my go-to method. Yeah. Um, I was, I was much more, um, devious with it. Um, so what would happen, it, you know, I would, I would have episodes, <clears throat> excuse me, where I would, um, drink too much. And of course my wife did not, did not like that. That was not something that she would enjoy. Yeah. Um, my wife doesn't drink just basically because she doesn't like it, but, you know, enough said, I mean, she just really doesn't. So she doesn't do it. She doesn't have, um, a history of alcoholism and, you know, and her parents or anything like that. Nobody abused it, but it's just something that she just really doesn't enjoy. Um, doesn't like the way it makes her feel. So she doesn't drink. Um, she doesn't have a problem with hanging around some, you know, or being around in the presence of somebody else at the dinner table, if they want to have something to drink, doesn't bother her. Um, but she didn't like to see me understandably didn't like to see me getting drunk. Um, yeah. I mean, who, who really would enjoy that? But, um, so I, I, I started drinking more and more and more and it, uh, it got to where I was hiding it from her. Um, and it was, it's just so strange looking back on it that I had these, 
I had this code of ethics, if you will. I use that term loosely because, I mean, here I am hiding alcohol from right. my wife or, and my children. But yet I had some sort of code of ethics that I wouldn't drink uh, before I went to work. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I work around a lot of uh, deadly equipment. Yeah. Um, and so that was my thing. I was not going to drink before I went to work. Um which is a good thing. I'm not putting that down, but that's just what I would do. And the other thing was because I work ship work, I, um, I work a rotating ship work where I work a few days on day shift and then I get a day or two off and then I work night shift for a few days and then I get a couple of days off and I work day shift. And go, so I'm going back and forth. Well, I had another rule that I wouldn't drink when I got home from night shifts. You know, when people were usually getting up to eat breakfast, um, I really didn't have a desire to drink anything at yeah. that point. As much as I began to crave alcohol and felt like uh, in my own mind that somehow I wanted to uh, be intoxicated versus dealing with reality and dealing with uh, responsibilities in my life, I felt like, you know, alcohol was the way to deal with it. Um so at, at first it was, of course, beer was my choice. Um, and then after you've done that enough, um, hard liquor becomes uh, easier to manage, so to speak. And it becomes a little more of a go-to thing. And so um, I would, let's say, for instance, I would get done with uh, my day shift. I'd get off at 6 p.m. And before I came home, I would usually... Um, I would usually go to a store where I could get cash back. You're familiar with all yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You get $10 back or so. And this was on an everyday basis. And so what I would do is I would take that cash and I go down to the liquor store and I would get those, um, little tiny liquor bottles. Yeah. Like the one shot or two shot bottles yeah. that were, um, almost the equivalent of moonshine. I mean, it was very, very strong. And uh, I would get, you know, six, eight, ten of those things, and I'd have two or three of them down before I got home. Wow. Uh, five, ten-minute drive so that that way I could just – I felt like in my head, I, this is how I'm going to deal with things. You know, I'm yeah. a little less uptight, that sort of thing. And, of course, I wouldn't tell my wife about it, but she knew. She, she's a very smart woman. She knew exactly what uh, I was doing. Um I wasn't fooling anybody. Certainly wasn't fooling God um, in any of this. Um, but I just kept justifying it. Um, and it was a situation to where I was oblivious as to how bad it was getting. Um, and this is over the course of a few years. And I say a few, uh, probably three or four, maybe, maybe three years of, of doing this almost on a daily basis to where I was, um, I was abusing alcohol. And then, and then it got to where those six, eight, 10 little bottles that I would drink was not enough. Um, and it, this is having to get back up at, you know, four o'clock the next morning and go to work. Um, and so I would, uh, I would make some excuse why I needed to go to the store. And, um, you know, I would, re at this time, I'm, I'm still remembering what I'm doing, but certainly, certainly no, in no shape to drive at all. Right. Um, and, you know, there were times where I would sneak out of the house. I mean, this, here I am a grown man sneaking out of my own house. <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's sad, but that's what I would do. And I would drive up to the liquor store and I'd get some more and I'd come back home. And what ended up happening, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what ended up happening was I started having is something that I don't know if everybody listening to this podcast understands what, it, what happens when someone blacks out. I had heard that term before, but until it started happening to me on a routine basis, I, if you ask me what it means for somebody to black out, I thought it was just another word for passing out. Yeah. Right. Um, but there's a huge difference, um, between passing out and having a blackout. Um, and so this went on for a little while. And, and of course my wife is, is being, she never nagged me 
about the alcohol. She got upset with me. Yeah. Justifiably so. Uh, she got mad with me. She would, um, she would, uh, try to talk to me, uh, when we were sober about it. And of course I would, you know, I would always try to come back and blame it on something else or try to point the finger in her direction. Uh, and, and she didn't deserve any of that at all. My kids didn't deserve to see their dad doing stuff like this at all, but yet I was still justifying it and it got so bad that um i would end up getting in my truck and driving down to the liquor store and buying more liquor coming back home drinking it um passing out somewhere in the house or in the garage or in the bed or in the shower and Wow. Literally not knowing what I had done the night before when I woke up the next morning. Um, and my wife would, would tell me, you know, why is the, why, you know, what, why is the truck part funny or why is, right. you know, this or that? And I, I don't know. I don't have a clue. Well, what happened was I would be in a blacked out state and go driving myself down to the liquor store or to the, you know, to the gas station to get more alcohol. And I would never remember anything, any of it. Yeah. How scary is that? That is very, very, very scary. I never thanked the Lord. I don't know why God spared me to not kill somebody on the road. Now, or yourself. You know, you, some people may, yeah, or myself. Some people may think, well, you know, it was only a mile down the road. Well, so what? Nah, <laughs> right. Was, yeah. You know, yeah. I would, if I left my driveway right now, I would drive out of the subdivision onto a two lane road with a few curves, only to get on a four lane highway for about a quarter of a mile to get to the liquor store if I went there. And that's plenty of opportunities to get into a, to an accident. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, somebody um, could have been jogging down the road right outside your house. Right. Exactly. It wouldn't have taken just a split second to change my life forever Yeah, in that regard. Um, and I would, you know, for a while I'm thinking, man, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? I did. Like I said, I was blinded to the fact that to begin with that I was having blackouts. Um, and it didn't get my attention. I mean, it, it did at the moment. You know, and, and God would would pierce my heart and, and break my heart about it. But it was like, nah, nah, I think I'll be OK. I just won't drink as much. And that's how I would justify that it. And last. the Holy Spirit would, yeah. you know, would would still try to, you know, convince me that you need to stop doing this. Uh, you need to you need to quit. And I would, you know, I would I may would, you know, I might quit for a day or two or three or whatever. Um, and like I said, I would, I wouldn't drink when I was on night shift. I'd, I would go three, four or five days at a time without touching alcohol and was fine with it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it did definitely had an effect on my marriage. It had an effect on my relationship with my kids. Uh, it had an effect on my health, everything. Um, and finally my wife was just about to the point of, it was either going to be the alcohol or her. Um, she did not, I don't, I don't remember her ever physically saying you have to quit now or else. Right. Um, because I think to me, and I justify this in my own head, if I would have quit for her and her only, I think I would have eventually started back to drinking again. Sure. Because I would have quit for the wrong reasons or I would, I would have quit for, for an, uh, a different motive or I would have justified it and said, well, you know, now that she's decided to stay, then, um, then, then I can go back to slowly drinking again. Right. But, right. um, but we were by this point, um, this was almost five years ago. We, um, decided to, to seek uh, marriage counseling, um, from a, uh, a pastor friend who has a counseling service and uh, we saw him for some other reasons, mainly just to work on our marriage. But um, we would go and see him and, and uh, try to work on our marriage in the, 
<laughs> and, and I only laugh because I'm thinking, you know, here I am trying to work on my marriage, but I'm going to keep that alcohol thing going. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to somehow manage to fit that into the schedule. Um, and finally, um, I had had enough. I, you know, I felt like, okay, God has worked on me and worked on me and worked on me. And my wife has patiently worked on me and it, it just finally all came to a head one, one day. And I just said, that's enough. I just, I can't do this anymore, God. Cause I, I really, in the back of my mind and in my heart, I really did want to quit. I wanted to be a better person. Sure. I knew that the, the Holy spirit was working on me. And it was like, you know, you, you can't serve me and continue on this path. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bible says we can't serve two masters. And at that time, alcohol was my master because yeah. it, it, it controlled my uh, attitude. It controlled my schedule. It controlled the money I spent. Um, we're talking 10 to $20 a day yeah. of alcohol on the days that I did drink. Um, and so I'll never forget. It was, it was at a counseling session with my wife and I on October of 28th, uh, 2016, I finally relinquished my control over it and realized that there was nothing I could do to help myself yeah. in this situation. Yeah. And that was the most freeing feeling outside of the day I accepted Christ as my savior. That was the most freeing, uh, liberating feeling I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I mean, you um, can hear it in your voice now. Like, yeah, I mean, it, you tell the story and you're not proud of it, obviously, but then no, you get to that point and it's, I mean, you can definitely tell it's, yeah, I was, I was excited, but I will tell you, I was scared. Yeah. I, I was, I was afraid of failing and it, it, it's just like when Peter got out and got out of the boat and walked on the water with Jesus, it was, it was a moment of fear for him. It, I know it was a, a moment of, of, uh, uncertainty. Because otherwise crazy. he would have got out. He would have got out a lot earlier. And the wow. crazy thing is, is like you knew Jesus, you had a relationship yeah. with God. Think of all the people that go through something like that and they don't. Right. Don't you know, have any hope whatsoever. Yeah. They, and right. Like, you know, man, it took, it took you and I talked yesterday, but it took me, it took a bad situation for me to come to that understanding that I wasn't doing anything on my own. Right. You know, you knew where to turn to, like, that's a big thing for people to understand that there is, I mean, there is other help socially, mm -hmm. uh, you yeah. know, counseling, things like that programs, but also, uh, faith in God. Like that's the, yeah. that's the biggest thing that people, if they just knew they could turn to that man, Jesus right. actually is the greatest counselor. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that not enough people do know to turn to Jesus or they, they've heard about Jesus, but they don't really, they can't grasp the, right. the whole story. They don't know what yeah. Jesus can do for them. Have you ever thought about that, Mike, if you hadn't had the background that you had where you would be right now? Yeah. To trust. Yeah, in him. absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've much uh, thought about that many, many times. Man. Um, and that's another point of being grateful. Um, because I don't know how people go through any kind of traumatic event in their life without having a relationship with God. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was just, it was one of those things where, um, I, I never looked at it when I turned away from drinking alcohol, I didn't, it wasn't because I felt like, okay, God's not going to give me another chance. And he's going to, he's going to wipe me off the earth. I mean, that's, that's fear-based. That's literally yeah. fear-based. I, I, I was fearful of what the consequences were of continuing to do that. Yeah. Whether it be, um, you know, a messed up liver eventually or, uh, getting into an accident and ruining my family and ruining somebody else's family. Yeah. Um, yeah, those things did come across my mind, but I also, had a foundation 
that I could stand on. And that foundation was Jesus Christ and his, uh, his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness. And the fact that I, excuse me, that I could start over and that I could, um, I could say, Hey, you know what, this, this is going to be a new me and and a rededication of my life. And I, I think having, an attitude that says, Hey, you know what? God's not done with me yet. And God's going to use me yeah. in some sort of way. Um, and I, and I, like I said, at the beginning of, of this conversation, I, I hope that somebody can take what I've been through and say, Hey, you know what? There is hope out there. And it, I, I tell people this, all the time when I talk about the fact that I, I used to drink and I don't anymore and that God changed my life in that. Um, I think ultimately number one, I thank God, but I also thank my wife. Yeah. I was just gonna I think, I think God definitely, uh, used my wife in a way that helped me to get through it. And I, and I don't know where I'd be without both of them. Yeah. Definitely. Literally. Yeah. You have to wonder when you think back, right? Like you have to think about God's purpose. Like mm-hmm. it, what, and I don't mean his purpose because that makes us selfish uh, for us, but I mean his design, like where you're at right now, you're on a, you know, and I mean, it, we're just two guys that, and three guys right now sharing a story, but Right. The purpose was like at certain times, like when, when Alan and I look back at our lives independently and wonder how we got here, you know, it's by grand design by God. Like <laughs> it's not, it has nothing to do with these two yahoos. Definitely. Uh, I mean, we can screw it up easy, but when you <laughs> look like you, you went from a divorce into a situation, uh, a, a new relationship, a marriage with your wife, you came out of the ministry. I mean, you have, you have this, this background, uh, you know, 50 something years old and you're, you know, man, you got to just look at that and be like, wow. Like, you know, even if this was the extent of where, what God used you for, because it'll Mm -hmm. impact somebody else's life somehow or their salvation, like that's victory. Uh, Otherwise you would have given it up to, to alcohol. Uh, and that would have been, the extent of your life, but you, you know, you, God was there and you reached out for him. And yeah. a lot of people don't, man. It, you know. I'm actually, um, amazed that I'm sitting here doing this after the life that I did live prior to coming to Jesus and receiving my salvation. Um, right. I was horrible. And I really appreciate you coming on here and talking about this because Bill and I, you know, we yeah. both have done things, you know, I, I was horrible. I didn't have a wife from the, t- from like 25 to 43. I was single that whole time, mainly because I only met crazy women, but I was looking in the wrong places, you know? So anyway, um, I, I did a lot of things that weren't pleasing to God, but I am so thankful that he spared me. And that was one of the things about this podcast that we wanted to, we just wanted to be real and we wanted to share our struggles because it could help someone else. So we really appreciate you coming on. We ain't done with you yet though. Oh yeah. We're not done. I'm just saying (laughs) we're um, not done with you yet. Don't think you're getting off the hook, but I, um, you know, I had a problem with, with females. I had a problem with, well, I didn't have a problem with them. Um, I had a problem controlling myself. Myself. Um, I had a problem, you know, with, with drinking, I had a problem with cocaine and, and various things that, mm-hmm. um, could have very easily taken me down the wrong path, but it was God's divine intervention that yeah. kept me yeah. here. And we are just so Bill and I both are just so thankful that we have an opportunity to talk to others that want to share. Alcohol know, is bad, have. man. It is. I'll tell you like it, you know, and you could, you could substitute your story, Mike, and add in their prescription medication or, uh, yeah. you know, methamphetamines or, I mean, you could put, you could, you could yeah. put whatever in there. As long as you consume it at a point where it consumes you, it yes. becomes, it becomes the, it could be the end all, uh, man, dude, I don't know. Yeah. You know, when I, when I got out of jail, man, I said, I'm not, I will never touch a beer again. I'll never touch alcohol, period. I knew somewhere in my life, that was the one thing, uh, you know, I pretty much lost everything like that was just, uh, 
I had to give something up, right. To find something else to, to, and that other thing was the relationship with God. You know, you had to make a decision. I mean, you had to, you had to make a decision. You were about, you were, you would have lost everything. You might've, you might've sustained or, uh, you might've been able to go along for a little while more, but I've had a feeling you would have lost a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do believe that as well. Um, and I, I did want to add something to this in the, in the course of, um, my wife and I going through this counseling, um, I was by this counselor, I was offered, um, separate assistance to get, uh, counseling through AA. And I tried going to, I want to say this very carefully because I don't want someone to interpret it the wrong way. Sure. I tried going through one uh, meeting with a guy and the, the, the gentleman that I went to the meeting with, he was a nice person, really nice guy, but I never really felt at peace handling it that way personally. Yeah. Now, having said that, I don't have, if, if somebody out there is saying, Hey, well, you know, AA has, has been the lifesaver for me. Fine. That's, that's great. And I hope that it is a lifesaver for some people. And I think God can use it to get somebody's attention and to bring them closer to God. But for me, I just did not choose that path. Yeah, That was just me yeah. personally. Um, so it was just a personal preference. And I don't have, like I said, it's not something against AA personally. I just chose not to. Um, I chose to just deal with it with my wife and my counselor and obviously with God. And the most amazing thing happened. I, I guess my biggest fear was it's like, how am I, how am I not going to crave a beer or how am I not going to, you know, and I, I kept wrestling in my head. I kept thinking, you know, I'm so scared, God, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. And every time God would say, you're, you're not going to be able to do it. That's the point. You can't do this on your own. And so what God did was God literally took the desire for the alcohol away from me. Yeah. And yeah. I can't explain it other than just to say that I don't have a desire for it. Um, I don't, I don't have I do. it on a daily basis, but I will tell you, there are things that can trigger, uh, you know, there's things that I can associate with alcohol that yeah, have like gradually, yeah, that have, you know, drifted off, you know, yeah. uh, it was for, yeah, for me, it was something that I had to, man, uh, this isn't about me. So it, but no, it's okay. Well, I mean, the thing is like, I relate to your story because I mean, even though my circumstance was, was different, it was, I mean, when you put alcohol in there, it's an addiction. Uh, and then, but, but you don't see it as an addiction. You don't see it as, you know, it's just a way to cope. We would go somewhere and my wife would say, I would mix a drink and she would say, you really need that. And I'm like, yeah, like, but I mean, she was, and she was serious. And I look back on it now because I have no desire to drink alcohol, but there are times now (laughs) where, you know, I told her the other day, I said, it'd be nice, man, if we, if we went to dinner and just, you know, cause we used to have date night on Friday nights and we would go sit at a bar and just talk Mm -hmm. to two of us, man. And we, and we would drink. It was a social thing for us that we did together and neither one of us drink now at all. But, you know, I said, be nice if we went uh, to dinner on a date night and just had a few drinks. And I'm like, what am I stupid? Like, because that's (laughs) where it started, you know, and, and not with her. I'm just saying for me, it starts with that one time that you drink and then, I never saw it as a problem. I would come home immediately before I even changed out of my work clothes and I would mix a drink. And that's just, I mean, until, and I, and I was like you, I set rules that made me feel like drinking was okay. Don't drink uh, during work. Don't drink before work. Don't drink. uh, You know, I mean, it's just stupid. It's if you have, and so I I want you to continue telling your story, but I think Alan has a couple questions. And before we roll along too long, uh, I want to ask a couple and then we'll get back to, It'd be on the mic show. Yeah. Sure. Actually, I, I, this isn't a question. It was about, you know, what you said about AA. 
it absolutely has helped a lot of people, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, what I have found, and I'm on the same page with you, Mike, um, you know, the best accountability partner is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Sure. You know, when there have been so many things in my life now that if I think, oh, it'd be okay if I do that. And the Holy Spirit's immediately like, no, don't even open that door. You know, don't yeah, even, yeah. don't even crack that door. Yeah. And uh, so I can totally relate. And yeah, that's, it is hard to explain to people. And I wish I could just be like, experience this just for a minute and you'll get it. The first thing you have to do is realize you can't do it on your own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you're going through. If you, you have to first realize that you're not going to fix the problem. Right. You might temporarily put a bandaid on it, but you know, I quit drinking every time before I went to work. So I I, I do have a question. So um, when you decided that you, when you realized that you weren't in control anyway, and that you needed, um, you needed help to take that away from you. Did you pray about that often or how did that work? Because I I find prayer just really Um, does everything. when it came time, you talking about when October 28th, 2016 rolled around. Yeah. 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 And you were like, you know, when you said you gave up control. Yes. Yeah. I had to obviously had to rely on prayer much more. Um, yeah. it's, <laughs> and I only say this facetiously, uh, when you're in a, you know, when, when a person's in a, a drunken stupor, you don't pray a whole lot. No. Um, so needless to say, my prayer life was on, uh, it's almost nil. Uh, it was not near what it should be. Um, so yeah, I, I, my, my daily devotions, my habits, my, um, my walk with God got immediately a lot closer. Um, did you pray for, did you pray specifically for, the Holy spirit to take that from you or for, for help with that situation. Yeah. Um, be- begging continually. God. Yeah. Literally yeah. begging God to take it away from me because yeah. I, I didn't want it anymore. Right. Um, I, I just, you know, and, and it's not like, you know, here, here we're going on October will be five years since I've touched any alcohol. Right. It's not like I, you know, still beg God, you know, to take it away from me because I, I don't have to thankfully. Right. Um, but I don't, I also don't look at myself and say, I'm not capable of oh, going absolutely. back there. Right. Right. And yeah, the I, only reason I ask that is because I, I believe there aren't enough people that realize the power of prayer. Um, yeah. you know, they, they may pray v- vainly, one time or something and then got it. The problem doesn't become fixed. It's no, it's still a problem. And they think, well, prayer doesn't work. Well, did they petition enough for that problem? Right. Well, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to, uh, people that haven't relinquished their life over to Christ with, with mm-hmm. their salvation because they're not indwelled with the Holy spirit. They, you, like you just said, you can, you can pray vainly. Yeah. And you will, if you don't, if you don't realize that, you, you know what I'm saying, man? Like if you don't realize, mm-hmm. I didn't realize, like I didn't, like, I just didn't, you know, I mean, things happen in my life and I, and I considered myself to be a Christian and I would pray, but I didn't mm-hmm. have any control over that. Like it wasn't there. I didn't have the Holy spirit to guide me and help me with direction and pray and lean on that. I didn't have any of that. And I felt like, I felt like God would listen, but I didn't have that help internally for me right. until I turned my life over. I, I'm telling you, man, when, when you realize uh, anybody, anybody that goes through something, it could be small or big. doesn't matter if you realize that you can't do this stuff on your own because you can't, uh, right. you, you have to give, I mean, you do whatever you want, but you have to give your life to Christ in order to have the benefit of having the Holy spirit guide you and help you with things that you can, tur- that you can turn to in times of either desperation or just in times that, you know, you want to be in conversation with God. I think right. God listens to everybody. I think, I think when you have the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. it definitely is a benefit. And you, and you had that and it just yeah, amazes it, me, man. I just think about where you would be if, 
if you just didn't, you know, if you just didn't make that decision, where would any of us be yeah. if we didn't yeah, realize right, that right, right. Jesus was the answer? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'd, <laughs> I get nervous even thinking about where I would be. I, I don't yeah. even want to go there mentally. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. should spend our time bringing back glory to God because he's the one that got us through it. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I mean, and, period. Really. Yeah. And you, you know, one thing you mentioned about the Holy Spirit, I think as at least for myself, I, I think of things, I try not to think of things the way we always traditionally think of things. In other words, here, here's my point. As a Christian, we think, okay, the Holy Spirit's job is to prick our hearts. Our Holy, Holy Spirit's job is to convict us. And that is part of the Holy Spirit's job, but it's also to comfort us. Yeah. 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 Remember man. Jesus said, I'm sending another comforter. comforter. Yeah. And so I also, I, you know, I, I try to think about the Holy Spirit as comforting me, as giving me that peace that, hey, you know what? As soon as I relinquish control, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. I don't have to, uh, I don't have to rely on my, uh, what do you call it? Your personal will or your, your, uh, willpower. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to rely on willpower anymore. Um, and I just let, I can let God handle it. Yeah. Me. That's a great point, man. Absolutely. And you um, said something that I'll go, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. go ahead. Well, you said something that sparked, you know, um, about our rational thinking. Um, God's plan is seldom rational. Uh, right. Things will, things will fix themselves. Things will um, become no longer a problem. And it's uncomprehensible how, yeah. um, you know, we can't even comprehend how things happen sometimes how right. God fixes things, how God provides things. We're like, how did that happen? But, you know, it's just, you know, it's crazy too, man, that alcohol, well, any, a lot of things have been marginalized. They've been, you know, alcohol, just like, uh, tobacco has been, you know, just, uh, it's been marginalized, desensitized. Like, you know I mean? Mm -hmm. Drinking's no big deal. Uh, you know, and unfortunately the way the world's going now, addictions are going to become, uh, that same way. Like it's, it's been marginalized and not enough, a, not enough people have, have experienced what the Holy spirit can do and the things that he can take care of when we relinquish that. So there's not a lot of people that can share how that happens. I well, think, and a lot of people just don't see it. Can't see it. Well, I got, I have two things and then I want, and I want to ask Mike a question. The first thing is you can't hold on to both. There's no way possible. You can hold on to your addiction, alcoholism and hold on to your relationship with God. You can't, uh, right. You just can't right. do it. You yeah. can't, you can't invest in this relationship. You are going to lose your wife. I mean, I'm not looking into the future, but I'm just, I believe, and I believe for me, I would have lost mine. If I would, if I would have held on to one thing and made it more important, yeah. Than my wife, I would have lost my wife and my family. Exactly. But your relationship with God is different. If you hold on to that and invest everything into that relationship, you'll gain all those other relationships. You won't lose them. It's not of the devil. It's not, you know, it's not of Satan. It's not of the world. Yep. It's, right. uh, it's completely different anyways. All right. So aside from that, uh, what is this is going to be a tough question. This will spark us all to have, uh, well, we don't have hair. So, uh, so what, what is your thoughts biblically on, uh, alcohol? Like, what do you, what do you feel the Bible says about alcohol or what do you know the Bible to say about alcohol? Not what you feel. Um, it, well, the Bible does talk about alcohol. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> the Bible talks about the drunkard. Yeah. Right. right. And, you know, so I, first thing I think of when I, when I hear that, okay. So if I was back 10 years ago and I was trying to justify my drinking, I would say, well, you know, I'm not drunk. I may be buzzed, but I'm not drunk. Yeah. Right. Well, 
you, you remember a few years ago they came i don't know if it was a national thing or maybe it just been a state thing but no it was these I, billboards, yeah, i've never seen it yeah yeah the billboards all over the drunk highway driving. That says buzz driving is drunk driving buzz driving is drunk driving yeah. that's exactly what yeah so what it boils down to the question what is controlling you yeah because yeah if you know are you, are you letting the Holy Spirit control you as yeah. a believer, or are you letting this alcohol control you? And I say, if you have to argue the point, if you have to argue the point, just give it up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We know, I think we all agree what the Bible says. Uh, now yeah. what we were, what we were taught in different things uh, in <laughs> religion, we talked about that before we kicked this off and we decided not to talk about it, but I'll touch on it. Some, yeah. some denominations will teach you. Uh, the Bible says something against alcohol because that's what they want to conform to. They don't, they don't want alcohol in their congregation. So anyway, so I'm not going to go there, but the Bible uh, has wine, uh, alcoholic wine, wine with a content of alcohol that is consumed in the Bible. Yes. The problem is, is people, they split hairs over it, man, through so much stuff like, you know, it's just crazy to me. And I'll just tell one story and then sure. I'll give it up again. But we, we had a friend of ours who I consider to be a tremendously uh, godly person, tremendously. And he, mm-hmm. uh, I know that he would drink occasionally, uh, not, not by himself, not to the standard that you and Mike did, Mike, or you and I did Mike, uh, but, and probably Alan, but he socially, he would be around other Christians and he would have a beer. And my wife and I were talking the other day and I said, I said, Hey, you know, like my brother brought up the fact that so-and-so had a beer and whatever. And she was like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I'm like, well, the fact that we're talking about it tries to rationalize that person having a beer. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if yeah. they're only going to have the one beer because they want to stay away from it because they know what the Bible says, then why even have it at all? Just forego right. it. What's there? You know what I'm saying? It's not, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's the act of drinking. It's not the beer itself. It's the act right. of drink consuming alcohol the way you have to explain it or rationalize it to me. Yeah. I don't just stay away from it. I don't believe the, the act of having a beer. I know the act of having a beer is not a sin, right? But you know, be sober minded and and you don't want to, you know, put a stumbling block for your brother. You could, you could possibly drink a beer and you're cool. But somebody else see that and be like, well, he's drinking beer and he doesn't, he doesn't use it in moderation. He's like, well, I can, I can go drink a six pack and that's cool. So it's, you know, you got to use. Well, then you start arguing tolerance and then what it means to somebody. And it's like, and it's just easier not to definitely. Yeah. But, um, you know, we can sin with anything. It's just not alcohol. Right. You know, um, coffee addiction. you You can have a, you can have a preacher that weighs 400 pounds in front of the congregation talking about control and, you know, everything. Um, well, I'm not, it, it doesn't really show that he exercised any control pushing himself away from the table. Gluttony is a right. sin. Yeah. So I yes. mean, anything in excess, anything that you can't control right, is a sin. Anything that you can't relinquish to the Holy Spirit right. to help you um, manage that well, not even manage to do away with the right, things to give it up. Yeah. To give it up, um, is a sin. It, it can be a sin. And you yep. know, like the, it wasn't the Pharisees, you know, that was right. talking about how, right. you know, here Jesus comes and he, you know, he's, um, he's drinking and eating and, you know, and so, you know, it's, it's all about moderation. It's all about, um, um, letting the Holy spirit guide. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personal, my personal choices, I will never drink again. Now there are some things like, um, you know, I don't see that a person, um, could snort a line of cocaine. I was just going to say, could you do cocaine in moderation? In moderation. Yeah. Right. But but that, (laughs) you know, cocaine, um, influences you a lot quicker in a lot different ways than a beer. I mean, you can right. get, you can, you can have a beer. It's not a big deal, 
but it may take you six beers to get to the to level that one line of cocaine will will get you to. Well, you talk about so. being sober minded. Then I will give this to Mike. Yeah, because you keep man, you keep driving me down side roads. You talk <laughs> about being sober minded, but what is the purpose of consuming alcohol versus any other drink? Right, like I have. I remember this guy giving a speech one time a long time ago uh, that I attended. Um, and he talked about alcohol, like it doesn't taste good for the most part. And there's other, you know, there was a point for consuming alcohol, right? Yeah. You know, I don't go grab sweet tea after I mow that. Well, I do now, but at the time I, I drank alcohol. It was first specific feeling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I don't know, man, I just, you know, that's my personal decision. I still think people should, uh, they should look at you. There's religion versus relationship. People yeah. will point it out in religion, whether they do or don't, but yet they still don't have a relationship with God. Right. And that, right. you know, people argue this point, but they have, where's their relationship with God? Uh, exactly. Start that up first and then yeah. come to me about alcohol. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The, the plank in the eye versus yeah. the, the yeah. splinter. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, well, I've said this many times, you know, when you're pointing the finger at somebody else, there's three more pointing back at you. So yes. if you're telling somebody, yeah, 10 in my case. Yeah. Well, you know, um, you can't, you can't condemn someone else. You can't tell someone else how bad they are just because their sin is different than your sin. We all sin. Amen to that. So yeah. Yeah. how do you feel around other people that drink Mike? Um, good question. I do never had an issue with it. Um, in fact, uh, (laughs) my next door neighbors, um, they drink pretty regularly. Um, and at first, you know, they would, they would very quietly tell my wife, Hey, we're not going to be drinking. We're not going to be drinking. (laughs) And my wife would just jokingly say, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Right. Right. And and you know it was it, now I will say it was very considerate of them sure to, to do that and and of course I appreciate them they're great people but it really does not bother me um, you know I can I can go you know to a restaurant and people at the table can be drinking um, and it does not bother me I, I really doesn't and I know that's not everybody's case yeah. it's not everybody's situation. Um, I couldn't do it. I mean, that's just me. That's just not, I'm not, I'm not five years into, you can call it sobriety. I don't call it that. I call it my Christianity. I'm not five years (laughs) into my relationship with God where I gave it to him. Holy, you know, exactly. I still screw up, but I'm not going out buying a case of beer and you shouldn't be going to the bar to buy a soda. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't go so, to Outback and sit at the bar for a steak. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, that's, yeah. Yeah. you can get carried away with it, man. I mean, yep. <laughs> we talked yesterday uh, and I've talked with Alan about this. I mean, you can, you know, I, be, I believe you can, you can get, you can get carried away with the message of, uh, listen, the, the Holy Bible is the instruction manual. That's it. Like, that's it. And, and you can get carried away. There's there's churches, denominations that will preach a message against a certain topic uh, to line people up. And, I, yeah. you know, I feel like I, I, I went there and and was told things misinformed to line up. And I listen, whatever. If you want to do that, that's that's great. But don't use the Bible as the the mechanism. The right. Bible should be used for what it is to guide your relationship in life based on a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Yeah, that should exactly. be yep. that should be you know, and I, gosh, man, well, more, more churches need to promote Jesus Christ, you yeah. know, instead of their political party or and I think a lot whatever. do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. There are do. definitely, I'm saying, you know, you have, you have preachers that will, will tell you, you shouldn't drink, not even a beer, you know, that's bad, yeah. Yeah. you know, but they're, they're promoting some political party, sure. which I mean, sure. each person has to look at the, the, um, every, every person needs to make the decision. They need to look at the facts. They need to look at, you know, the background. They need right. to look at all that and make that de- a church denomination should not make that determination. Yeah. Yeah. They should be getting people closer to Jesus and the Holy spirit 
And Jesus and the Holy Spirit will get you where you need to be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. I mean, how do you feel on all that, Mike? And I'm not talking specifically about alcohol, but I mean, let's switch gears a little bit unless you got uh, something in there that's hidden that you haven't brought out yet, but no, no, I've, I've, I've relinquished my soul with this, (laughs) (laughs) but you were in the ministry and I really, man, I gave some thought after our conversation last night, man. I mean, well, two things, one, it'd be very hard for us to get somebody that's currently in the ministry to be on a podcast. Uh, I think we haven't had that yet. You you're Mm -hmm. the closest thing because you were in the ministry, uh, or called to preach. Um, we've had people that have a ministry, but I'd like to get your, uh, your view on, on a wow, a lot of things and we don't have time for all of it, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, sharing the gospel and talking to people about your relationship with Christ. How does that look? How's, how's your, I mean, your wife, let's talk about her for a second, man. She championed through this whole thing with you. (laughs) Yeah, she did. Um, and she, she grew up, like I said, I think I told y'all last time we talked, she grew up in a, in a good home. Um, but she at the time was, um, a new believer, (laughs) believe it or not. Um, very new to Christianity, very new with, with having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so here she is, you know, pardon the pun, but being baptized by fire. Yeah. You know, with having, uh, <laughs> with you. you know, yeah. With me. And of course she did, she had no clue what she was getting herself into. <laughs> <She> <laughs> right. They wrote. don't, they don't, man. I, I told my wife she thinks. And that could, uh, I could do a 10 part series on just the reasons for the saying that, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I jokingly say it, nobody's ever accused me of being normal. So, um, well, God used her, man. I believe that. I don't think, yeah. I don't think people have to walk away and go, Oh, this is a, a specific use I was used for, especially in right. today's society, because so many yeah. people can just like walk away from a relationship, yeah. not, you know, take it seriously or be like, yeah, I didn't sign up for this or whatever. Right. And it's incredible when a woman doesn't do that or a person, anybody say. really. Yeah. Well, yes. man or a woman. And, yeah. I said person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I am very, obviously very grateful to God for her. Um, and I think it was, it was no accident that we ended up you know, being together. Um, it, you know, she, it, it was very trying for her. It, it was very uh, difficult for her at times. But like I said, she, she just never really, you know, like I said, she busted me about it. Uh, some of it, I remember some of it, I literally do not, but, right. um, but she would, uh, she would ultimately have more patience, I think, than I would have had with somebody and, and more compassion. She's a very compassionate person. It's interesting, person. right? How we as men would sit there. I, I, my wife and I talked about this yesterday. She, I said, I, you know, when I talk to you, Mike, I explained my situation. I'm not going to go through it again, but right. when my wife came and got me, man, you know, we, she asked me point blank yesterday, would you have done the same thing? And I was like, Oh, I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm like, you know, to be honest and truthful, you know, I was like, I back at that moment in my life, who I was as a person. Nah. I, mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, nah, but, I mean, and that sounds so horrible, but we are so different than the people we married. We're just so different. I mean, I am with my wife, even though we are, we, we are phenomenal. I couldn't do my life without her, but right. I don't, would you have done the same thing, Mike? Like, would you I have put so. up with you for that long? I don't think so. Uh, I think I'd, to be totally honest, I would have to say, I don't think so. Yeah. I hate even yeah. saying that. I hate even, yeah, uh, man, this is like I'm certainly recorded. not proud to say it. No, but, not um, at all. I, I was not given the gift of compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually really God gives us, um, mates that are opposite and it's, there's so much truth to opposites attract, but yeah. those people strengthen us. Yeah. So that's, yeah. you know, God, God knows what he's doing. Definitely. You know, he, he puts people together that don't see saying things the same. So each one of them can grow if they're open to growing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And they, they, like you said, they complement each other. Yeah. And she definitely, definitely fills in a lot of my weaknesses. Oh my gosh. Right. Um, yeah. 
I mean, I listen, I mean, I've, I've talked to you and knowing what you told me about, you know, going out after you've already finished drinks and going and buying more and man, I don't, I don't even, I don't know if I would tolerate that being in a marriage and seeing my wife leave and come back and blacking out and the trucks. Yeah. And I mean, I'd just be like, geez, how much more can I take of this? Exactly. Right. And look at what they take. That's mm-hmm. only made of God. Everybody, yeah. people don't realize, man. And, you know, and, and we're not going to convince them. It, you have to be conv- convinced in your own heart and mind. Yeah. Uh, right. we, we can't yeah. do that. But people will, through listening to this, go, man, you know, I was in that situation or I'm in that situation. Yeah. Or, you know, how do I know more or, or, gain, or, or grow more or know more or get in a relationship with God? Right. You just have to start. Like, I mean, you just have to, you have to start in that relationship. Um, yep. And I, you know, I will say before I forget, um, if, if anybody who's listening to this wants to talk to me, um, you can reach out to me anyway, um, social media or whatever, get a hold of me. Or if anybody, if there's a, you know, a spouse that wants to talk to my wife about it, she'll be willing to to talk with you about it. Just reach out to me, man, dude, well, that is so awesome. That's I'll great. put all your details. If you're good with it yes, uh, in the show notes. Uh, and I don't mean all your details. I'll put your address, your phone number. It's no, I won't do that. Security. Just the last right. four. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> and if you'll leave us a credit card, man, yeah. that listen, seriously, man, that's awesome. We need a yeah. ne- network of Christians. Uh, and I don't mean, I'm not, I'm not going to breach the church here and I'm not, and I'm not circumventing the church, right. but outside of the church, man, the, the best accountability aside from your relationship with God is other Christians, you yeah. know, yeah. uh, people that you can talk to that can relate how to get through a circumstance. And there's so actually I talked to someone and his father was a preacher, um, and so he grew up knowing um, about God and, and everything. Now, you know, we didn't really get into a deep conversation of his relationship, you know, through through growing up. But um, he actually had questions that he had that he had wanted answered, but he couldn't he didn't feel comfortable talking with um anyone that he knew. So it was it was a great avenue for him to yeah. be able to reach out to me, you know, yeah. ask questions and stuff. And I, I think we just need more people out there saying, hey, if I can help you or whatever, you know, it's one thing to to point people to the line and be like, yeah. hey, you need to walk right. this right. to be a Christian or to establish your relationship. But it's another thing to put your arm around them and walk them there or walk with them, you know, on that line and be like, hey, let me help you with this. So. Well, you know, it's, and this could go off on a whole nother topic. Oh, we'll um, have you back on brother. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, we can, for a whole nother topic. Yeah. It's, uh, two, two things. Number one, I was reading, uh, my Bible this morning and there was a verse that was talking about being a servant to others being, in other words, being the hands and feet of Jesus and not, you know, we think, okay, well, everybody's got this thing. Um, we think, well, okay, we go to church, everybody's doing their own thing and nobody's hurting. Well, we put up a front, don't we? We can put up, yeah. we can put up this facade that everything's okay when it may not be. Yeah. And we are called to serve one another. That's right. Right. And that doesn't, you know what, that means that it doesn't matter how bad that person's breath stinks we are called to love them <laughs> yeah and right. i only say that jokingly yeah, but yeah it doesn't matter what socioeconomic background they have it doesn't right. matter what they dress like what kind of car they drive what job they have we are called that's what, what their we are past is what their current is it doesn't matter yeah no matter how ugly their situation is, we are called to serve them, not condemn them, not judge them. Exactly. But to serve one another. And, um, and that's one you're you're so right. And that's why Bill and I enjoy doing this so much, because there are people out there that are going to relate to us. There are going to be going to be people out there that relate to your story and be like, wow, you know, there are Christians that struggle with this. They're not necessarily going to relate to that 
preacher in front of the church because that preacher, right. you know, looks is going to see him every clean. day. We're going to see him every three times a week. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. but the preacher may look, you know, squeaky clean. Like he's never had a problem or um, never struggled with sin. And people aren't going to relate to that person. But um, by us keeping it real and just being like, hey, <laughs> we struggle with this. You know, I think people are going to relate to that. It's about relationship, man. And yeah. I'll tell you, it's about yeah. relationship with God. I'll clear that up. And we, cause yeah. we say and believe that I know I talked to you yesterday for that at length over an hour. It's a relationship. It's not religion anymore, man. People mm. got to get away from that. It's yeah. not about all the denominations and the, and lining up and checking boxes and tightening up. It, it, it's, you have a relationship with God. All that falls into place uh, yep. and serving other people that falls into place. You know, you couldn't do that unless you committed your life uh, to God. You couldn't have done that. You can't be an alcoholic and serve people. No, nope. you know, yeah. unless you're serving them drinks. But I just don't think that there's a way in your life, unless you give things up for God, you can't hold on to both of them. People yeah. try it, man. They fail. We fail. Yeah. Yep. Uh, definitely. Absolutely. So actually, Mike, I think we need to, you need to just pencil this in like once a week. He just, he just passed out. He's like, what? <laughs> well, at least maybe once a month we can get together and have a, a conversation on a topic. Man. Oh yeah, this absolutely. Is, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this. I applaud your wife, dude. Uh, yes. Thank you. I, she, she deserves it. Absolutely. Yeah. They all, they all do. If they've, <laughs> if they've stuck around with us through any amount of time, they deserve to be uh, praised. And yes, um, I always tell people that my, my wife is going to get, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint everybody in the world, but my wife's getting that extra crown in heaven. She's right. Yeah. Another crown for putting up with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, we don't talk about them enough, uh, because we try to give the honor and glory to God, but God's used them in yes. our lives. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Us for sure. Um, no doubt. We appreciate it. I'll, once I end this, like I said, I'll get your Instagram, uh, and some other information that you want to make public and then we'll put it in the show notes and I'll do an Instagram post that kind of puts it out there on blast. Absolutely. Sweet, man. Really appreciate it. And thank you so much for sharing your story, man. It was awesome. And uh, we'll get you you back on here. Yeah, Mike, it was a pleasure. I don't think Mike has any reservations about, uh, about going up to the line on some stuff. No, I'm fine with it. Totally fine with it. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Enjoy your day, buddy. So that's it for this episode. We're glad you listened and hope you'll come back. Visit www.graceworkswithanx.net to listen to past episodes, read our daily devotions, or provide feedback. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, send us a message through Instagram, Facebook, or our website. And if these episodes have been an encouragement to you in any way, please share them. Have a blessed day.